to Design Assembly Conversations. In this series, we talk to New Zealand graphic designers, hear their stories and celebrate their work. I'm Louise, and today I'm talking to Stephen Richardson. Pastel City is Stephen's multidisciplinary design studio based in Auckland. He provides a full range of creative and design services, and some of his latest projects include the refresh of the Cheetah Design Store branding and the art direction of the Huffa 2017 brand campaign. Hi Stephen, how's it going? <laughs> Hi Louise, nice to be here. Good to have you along. Um, I'd like to start by asking you where you've come from. How did you get into graphic design? Um, sure. Um, so I think I got into graphic design, um, I say think, because it's sort of like, a. I think it's a process that, uh, from growing up. Um, so way, way back in the time machine, I my dad was an advertising guy, um, and when I was a kid we lived in Japan, which was kind of a very visually literate culture. Um, and I think we just sort of, through my dad's um, oddness, we kind of got obsessed, when I say we, it's me, my brother and sister, with drawing and also kind of advertising and design indirectly through him. Um, and I, I even remember actually as a kid, which is weird, one of his clients was Coke, and I remember drawing like fake Coke ads and stuff, and my mom actually found them recently. So I think it's sort of one of those things that was kind of like instilled in me from a young age. And then when I was a teenager... In the 90s, um, I was really into skateboarding and music. And at the time, in that in those cultures, there was so like a lot of independent, like small brands, like owner-operator brands, and they were, and they were all producing their own things. And I found that really inspiring, and that's kind of what made me want to do my own thing and get into design and photography and art and all those things. So like people like the Beastie Boys and like um, Rick Howard and people. Um, if you don't know skateboarding, you probably won't know that name. But yeah, in that in that little world, that was kind of what yeah spurred me on. And did you um, go and study somewhere? Yeah, um, yeah. so I studied, well, I went to Auckland University first and studied art history, um, and then I did a design um, course at AUT later. Um, and so in between that gap, I, I traveled a lot, and I was over overseas um, in, in London first. And my brother at the time, he's now a comic book artist, but um, he was working for an animation company called Brooke Edwards. Mm-hmm. And he got me a job as a sort of intern slash runner there. So in between, like, I, my job was pretty pretty crafty. I literally just ran around London. At the time, they had these things called Umatic um, tape decks, delivering them to like studios, getting them put onto film. But um, they had like a like a computer suite, which was quite new at the time. Um, that's probably like 1998 or something. And they had Illustrator and Photoshop, and I used to go and sit in there my odd times and just tinker with that. So yeah, th- so that was kind of like like an intro into the, that side of things. Um, uh, and then later, um, I assisted quite a few photographers, um, just, you know, carrying gear and lights and holding the reflector, that kind of stuff. And my dad opened up a camera store, um, while I was overseas and it was like an analog film photography store and he had like a studio and dark room. So when I came back, I used to work there, um, and we used to just tinker in the studio, and it was kind of like a big creative space. And I ended up starting a clothing label there with some friends. So yeah, I was kind of it all kind of mishmashed different things. Yeah. yeah. And do you think living in Japan, yeah. you know, as a child influenced kind of your design or your aesthetic? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, because I, I think like um, having lived in Japan and then coming to New Zealand, I think um, it was such a culture clash and such a different kind of world that it kind of made me. I kind of became a little bit obsessed with Japanese design and, and sort of, I guess it's just that nostalgic thing, so you kind of add value to it. 
But um, yeah, I think that's definitely had a big influence on me. And I've always been, I love Japanese design. I think um, it's just a part of me. But uh, little things like even growing up, like, I was really obsessed with Swatch watches. I don't remember in the 80s. Yeah, that was my first watch, actually. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, it's the same here. Like, um, I think I've still got my first one as well. Like, and, and I think I just loved all those bright poppy mm. colors. And I think you know, I remember, like, some of the ads and things. And at the time, they used to sponsor skateboarders. Mm. And, and I think all of those kind of things, like, like Memphis design and stuff in the 80s, my parents were really into that. And I became a little bit obsessed with Etre Sotsas and people like that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think just growing up. Um, just all the different things that you that you see and you're around kind of influence you. And my brother was um, always a really good artist. Um, he's now like a comic book artist for like uh, draws like Tanker and things. But um, we're always drawing and always had comics and stuff in the house. Also, all of that kind of stuff, like visual material, I suppose you could say. Yeah, yeah. Did you learn to speak Japanese? Um, well, we did it at school. Um, I was only there for about four years. My so my Japanese was. Pretty bad. No, I can say a few words here and there, but yeah. <laughs> and is it you wouldn't use me as a translator. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Do you travel back there? Or? Uh, yeah, I've been back a few times, mm-hmm. uh, but I haven't been there lately. Uh, I've sort of traveled other places more recently, like been to the states. Mm-hmm. Um, years ago, I went over to my brother was living in Berlin um, with everybody else, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, London. I got family over there, so yeah, mm-hmm. I travel a bit, but not to Japan lately. But I, mm-hmm. that was on the cards for this year, but with the uh, the baby on the way it yeah. got shelved <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is about um, Japanese design and culture that you know still stands out um, I don't know I think there's I mean there's all those you know the kind of cliche about uh, that um, Japanese like simplicity and like um, redefining design um, and that kind of the purity of things but I, I often find that I, th- I believe that is true, but it's also that kind of that on the other end of it, they also have that chaotic, crazy design which just reflects in like their packaging and things. I think it's just a use of, I say they, I mean it's general Japanese approach to color is quite unique, and it's like they, I think they've just got a beautiful like, it's naturally beautiful aesthetic. It's probably um, I don't know, delve into their history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won't go too deep into it, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I, I just think um, I think it's just an interesting culture that's it's kind of a homogenous culture, so it's. It's its own thing. So I think, um, you know, from the outside world looking in, there's something a little bit fascinating about it because it is different and uniquely their own. So, yeah. yeah. So as a young designer, um, did you, you know, start working for yourself immediately or did you work Uh, in design studios? uh, Yeah, no, I kind of went... So, I yeah, I worked for myself. So basically, I guess my... I... My my career, I suppose, started off with me... um, I think I mentioned before starting a clothing label called Hockey, yeah. um, and that was with like four friends, a couple of fashion designers, and a couple of sort of stylish people who, who had some cool ideas. And I was kind of doing the graphic side of it because I was always, I've always been really obsessed with t-shirts. Yeah. I used to always collect them, um, and that probably came out of that whole sort of skateboarding culture of, yeah. you know, '90s t-shirt. Actually, probably '80s even. Like just just t-shirts in general. I love them, mm. but. Um, so I was doing that side of it and designing little, little labels and things like that, and we we're all kind of bumbling our way through it, and we didn't know what we were doing. But um, that kind of I got I got the bug, and I was like, this is really great. And it, I always just wanted a creative outlet, so it didn't really matter. I don't think it necessarily had to be um, a clothing label, but that was quite a good avenue where you could get together with a bunch of friends, do some, some things that are visual, um, and you can also do like photo shoots. So it's kind of like this umbrella of creativity, and you can just plow into it. Um, so yeah, I did that. Um, that didn't pan out, and <laughs> as most things, you know, when you first start with your friends. But um, 
So I went along on my own. Um, I went back to school at, at that time. It was about 2003. went to AUT for a year. And while I was there, I started my own label, which was called Richardson, um, for lack of better names. And that was like a t-shirt brand again. And I ended up... My, I was quite lucky. I had a lot of friends who had stores at the time. Like There was Mark Crane with Wonderkammer. There was a shop called Moore. There was another one called Ground Floor. There's a whole bunch of stores around the place, and they all stocked my T-shirts. And I ended up stocking them in other places, and then I opened up my own store later. Um, and it kind of just grew. And it was, yeah, it was, again, it was just like an avenue for me to just do whatever I wanted. And I think that was a way of getting my kind of name out there. So I was lucky I had like a PR, um, free PR from Sherman 22, because I was friends with Murray Bevan. So I managed to get in lots of magazines, and so people started knowing about me, and then I started getting commissions to do work for, like, illustration for, like, magazines. And uh, so I guess my career kind of started that way, kind of segued into illustration, and then I got more and more interested in actual graphic design, and I kind of followed that path, and I ended up, yeah, working for other people along the way, yeah. Do you still um, design T-shirts and sell them? Um, I the last time I did it... Well, actually, actually sort of. Uh, so I was working for in-house for Huffer as head creative last year so I did a few t-shirts along the way um, and not my own stuff for about a year like I did like a little run about the beginning of last year which was really fun sold a bunch but uh, no I haven't done it for a while yeah. I kind of burnt out on that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for out of five years <laughs> so you kind of talked about how you started yeah. working for yourself yeah. and um, started um, Pastel City yeah so you've changed your name from yeah. Richardson to Pastel That's City great, yeah. So was there kind of a reason for that change? Yeah. So, well, Richardson Design, like, um, I thought it maybe it was, at the time I was doing Richardson clothing label, and then I had Richardson Design. It was a little bit too much about me, and I kind of wanted to separate it out. Um, so I, I kept Richardson Design going for a while, but then um, while I, um, what happened? Sorry, i got to remember a few things happened. Basically, I started working full-time as art director for AS Color, the blank apparel brand, so I kind of shelved Richardson Design for a few years. And then when I came out of that, I was like, I really want to do my own freelance practice, but I just don't want it to be my name just in case I get more people involved in mind of like kind of what we talked about off tape about mm. starting a studio or working as a you know, collective or something. So I chose the name Pastel City, and that was named after um, where I used to live in Japan, was the name of the apartment block. Yeah. Yeah, so, nice yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really love the name. I, yeah. It always stuck with me. Yeah. So I was like, i got to use that sometime. So mm. it's either going to be like another clothing brand or, or like, yeah, just a name for a studio. So, yeah, that's where the name came from. Yeah, yeah. And do you have, um, you know, a method in approaching each of your projects? <laughs> just total madness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Process? Dr- uh, drink lots of coffee. Yeah. yeah. Eat too much chocolate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So I guess if it's with a client, it's usually, you know, you, you meet it with – Usually, because I'm lazy, I, I just wait until I get an email from a client yeah. randomly. Hopefully, someone refers me. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you just meet up with them. You talk about their projects. I, I don't get too specific too early on. I just like to let people talk and sort of get a feel for what they're, um, what, they're, what, they're trying to, what they're about and who they are. And then once I feel like I've got a good feeling of that, then I, then I go away. Um, and before I quote them, I'll start putting together like little mood boards and ideas and then as well as a quote <laughs> and then kind of yeah have a few meetings and, and it sort of flesh things out and try to get so we're all on the same page before like the project starts um, and that's generally my methodology and then from there it's just a case of just plowing into it and mm. seeing what happens yeah. yeah yeah. and can you think of a project that you've worked on that's really changed the way you work or had a big impact on your design uh, career yeah I guess probably um, I can think of two really one would be 
some of the some of the projects where you actually just become like quite good friends with the people you work with. I, I like for instance, just working with Mike Murphy at Kokako. Like I, I, we don't work together so much anymore, but we became really good friends. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was I kind of that's been one of the most rewarding part of design is actually just meeting really interesting people. Um, and I really enjoy just like talking with people about their projects and they get really passionate about it. And sometimes I'm more passionate about just talking about the ideas than actually doing the work. <laughs> but um, in terms of like actual work, um, probably my very first, like doing my label Richardson was probably the most, the biggest thing that changed things. So I realized that, um, that I could put stuff out in the world that people were interested in and they wanted to buy. And also people wanted me to work on their projects. And that was the first time that actually happened. Cause I remember prior to that, like um, that feeling when you're at school and, or when you've left school and you're just working a normal job and you're sort of looking around, it's like, how do you, how do you, you know, connect with people? And I always found that a little bit difficult, you know, like how do you get out there um, without just working for another company? Yeah. Cause I never really, that's never really, well, not early on anyway, that never really appealed to me. I always kind of wanted to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. So I think by doing your own thing, that was a way of getting out there and yeah. Mm. Working and with I people. guess, you know, that kind of goes, segues into my next question yeah. or, you know, talking about having kind of yeah. a side hustle or passion projects. Cause that's obviously yeah. where yeah. you've, you know, yeah, that's where I kind of started. Yeah. 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 So I think it was all, um, passion projects mm. and, and hustle. Um, and then I kind of realized I needed to make more money. <laughs> um, so luckily I kind of threw my own hustle and just doing my own thing. I connected with other people. Mm. So, um, early on, um, I guess my, one of my first sort of in-house jobs was working for AS Color, and that was just through um, friends recommending me to just do a couple of little um, projects for them, and then yeah, that segued into like a, a career with them for a while. Um, but yeah, it's but now I've, I've been. I'm just trying to think if I've got any personal hustles. Most of my most of it's just on on paper at the moment because I've just been working for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got lots of ideas, and that's yeah. A good thing and a frustrating thing, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that something that you would yeah. recommend to young creatives and designers? Is always having I think know, so. the, those yeah. side projects? Yeah, I think so because I think you can. If you're always working for someone else, mm-hmm. depending on, I mean, it's all down to who you're working for. Mm-hmm. I think if you're working for a company or a, a studio that's doing really um, creative and interesting products that you know fuel you, then sure, you mm-hmm. probably you might not even need it. But um, outside of that, if you're not getting that kind of satisfaction from you, from what you do. But this is coming from more of a creative art perspective yeah. rather than just a pure doing a job for money. Mm-hmm. But um, then it's good to, mm-hmm. I think, to, to do something else for sure. Did it help yeah. you figure out your own, you know, your own design? Yeah, 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 definitely. I think, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think yeah. it gives you your own style. Um, and I think for me that was, people liked what I did and they, and they um, especially early on, so they hired me to, to work in my style, which was really luxurious and I didn't realize how, how lucky I was at the time. And then later on, as I've done more and more sort of traditional graphic design, and you start doing stuff that's sort of just what's happening in the design world, you, you kind of realize, oh man, that's actually awesome that you can make a living just doing what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's actually, I almost want to get back to that place. Yeah. But yeah, that's, yeah, I kind yeah. of, yeah, sort of, I want to do a full sort of 360. So how do you think you would um, balance, you know, having your own personality yeah. and um, design style mm-hmm. um, with that idea of, you yeah. know, what's happening in the world? Mm-hmm. Because I think there is sometimes a, um, a place to um, put brands and design into what's happening in the world so that they can exist yeah. within that ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's always it's always a bit of a challenge. I think um, it's just down to like what opportunities come your way as well. And I think I think if you start off pursuing your own thing and developing your own style, 
you're probably going to attract more work like that and be able to, mm. you know, a client will come to you, I want a logo, but and they're not expecting like a cookie cutter mm. logo. They probably want something that's kind of unique and and something that you bring, like your unique voice. Mm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what the answer to that is really. I think it's just a case of making those choices, you know. I think, um, like I've worked with lots of, you know, in-house at places and see young designers who go straight from school, go straight into a job and then they work within the mold of, you know, the constraints of how that company does their design and I think that might maybe squashes your creativity mm-hmm. a little bit early on so maybe it's good to kind of go off a little bit left field and do some crazy stuff and yeah. <laughs> see, see, where, see where you land yeah so do you do um, some photography still Is yeah yeah nice? I still do photography um, lots of pictures of my cat <laughs> no yeah I still do I, I shot like a little mini campaign for Huffer last year and I was doing a lot of their social media for a while. Um, yeah, I, I love photography. Yeah, it's a real passion of mine. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I still do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. Um, so, you know, you, I mean, yeah, you obviously have um, personal design and creative practices yeah. in terms of um, photography, illustration. Yeah. Do you have anything that's kind of a bit more, you know, in within the art field? Um, not so much these days. I mean, I used to, I used to paint. I think to be honest, wasn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also like, um, one of the things I, I like to do, but I haven't actually made into reality is I love designing. Like, um, I design like furniture and, I, and like things like lamps and stuff. Mm. And it's, they're all drawings and I got lots of yeah. schematics, but I've never actually physically made anything into that. Okay. Um, but yeah, for most of the part, from the stuff that I've done for myself, it's been like either illustration, mm. um, or, like sort of in that realm of like clothing, like mm-hmm. putting out something out on a t-shirt or yeah. So you'd see yourself as then a general as a designer. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I right across any major. Yeah, like I definitely because yeah. a lot of uh, I mean again like outside of like purely just design, I've done a lot, a lot of like art direction for shoots mm-hmm. and um, things like that. So yeah, I don't really see myself um, just as a graphic designer or someone who just you know concentrates on the kerning and mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> the nitty gritty of typography. Um, but I do enjoy that as well. So it's like, I kind of enjoy all aspects, but I, have got a bit of a, not ADD, but I, I get bored of just doing one thing. So I want to always try different things and yeah. 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 So it's kind of come down to figuring out your personality in terms of what you like to do. Yeah. Yeah. And just just following that. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like I definitely haven't had the most like straightforward career Mm -hmm. in terms of like leaving school, getting a, you know, like a entry level design job Mm -hmm. and working my way up. I kind of, I wouldn't, all over the show and I was quite lucky like I kind of jumped into like a senior position quite early mm-hmm. um maybe too early for some aspects of what I knew but uh, but I was, but I always had quite a strong creative vision of yeah and I think that's been quite yeah I'm quite lucky in that respect but yeah. um yeah yeah and do you travel much outside of New Zealand at the moment for work or um, research for yeah last year when I was working for Huffer we did quite a few photo shoots like overseas and stuff in Australia and whatnot but um yeah I do travel like a lot like that's one of the things I love to do um it's not it's never really like hardcore research like I don't go there with that specific task but you're kind of always just doing that anyway I think as a designer or a creative person you're always just looking around and kind of absorbing what's around you or like could be just like the napkin you're wiping your face on looks cool so you might put it in your pocket and keep it or yeah you know so it's like it's always happening yeah Yeah. for sure and do you think that you need to you know get outside of New Zealand and be there Um, because obviously we can access a lot of stuff on yeah I think you do because I think I don't know, I, I think because you can get inspired by anything, so mm. it could be, you know, it could be the pen, you you might have a weird pen with mm. a cool color, or, you know, you know, sorry, that's a really abstract thing to say, <laughs> what I mean is like, there's inspiration everywhere, so mm. it could be like the packaging uh, yeah. on, on a cookie that you see in a store that you yeah. wouldn't see elsewhere, yeah. or it could be 
some sort of typography that your eye glances upon mm-hmm. and like you know especially like in places like Italy they've got some of those beautiful like 1950s signage and just you wouldn't see that here mm-hmm. and sure you can see it on the internet but it's kind of different I think when you see it for yourself mm-hmm. in, the, in the context of the country it has a different feeling mm-hmm. and a different meaning and it's almost those accidental meetings yeah yeah you can yeah because yeah, I think when you're sitting at home on the computer you're searching for something usually quite specific mm-hmm. unless you're like trawling someone's pen, pen interest yeah. but <laughs> It's just different. Yeah, I think it's more curated if it comes through you and it's kind of live mm. rather than just like this sort of static thing mm. where you're looking at it. Yeah. Do you look at things like Pinterest when you're, um, you know, working on projects in terms um, of... I try not to. Yeah. Because yeah. I find I get a bit clouded because there's so much good design. There's so much There's so much of everything now that yeah, it's hard to... It's hard to like retain the bubble. Like, yeah. and, and for me, that's always been quite important because yeah. I think if you're, in, if you're in a little bit of a bubble, you can kind of hopefully find your own thing but um in saying that i still look at things i mean it's not like, it's not as though i'm like a total purist yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah if something catches my interest i'll definitely look at it yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah I don't, I don't like have a pinterest yeah or I, I don't like doing that too much i just get overwhelmed mm, yeah mm. what about snapchat what's mm. na- what's the, what's the place of snapchat and design <laughs> um the filters are pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that's probably about it right yeah um yeah i don't know yeah snapchat i i yeah, again i've got it on my phone uh purely for mm. for comedy yeah yeah, yeah yeah i mean i guess it you know it's looking a bit at that mixed realities right yeah yeah and which how is that's cool. gonna come into a practice yeah practice. yeah definitely yeah um yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little estranged to all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, part of me must be getting old, but uh, <laughs> you, you can't sometimes I, I crave the pre-smartphone, mm-hmm. pre-internet, like, kind of like, I want to join the slow media movement or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, like, I yeah. kind of like um, when you can find stuff at your own pace. I just find, like, these days there's just so much going on mm-hmm. constantly. It's really hard to, like, filter what you need to mm-hmm. see. Because I've got, you know, like, I'm addicted to Instagram. Yeah. But, I, but then I'm like, what am I looking at? Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> and that fast nature of, um, you know, the filters and yeah. the type tools and, yeah, and yeah, the color yeah, palettes yeah. that you can yeah. use, everyone yeah. can use on Yeah, yeah, videos. yeah. So everyone's, yeah. everyone can be a designer. I mean, I yeah. think it's that thing, you know, like, I think a lot of designers and uh, photographers and even, um, you know, people making films will talk about it. It's like everyone has access to the tools these mm. days. Um, and a lot of it's automated, so you don't necessarily need the training. But I think, you know there's more to that than I mean sure you can put something together but there's, there's a difference between someone who has a craft and spends a long time doing something rather than someone who's just going to stick yeah but there is a place for both yeah. I, I'm not I'm not an elitist on that one mm. yeah and do you think you've we can see the impact of those um, digital tools and, mm. and you know the bright color palettes yeah. and kind of the fast typography yeah and and some people's work at the moment oh definitely yeah yeah, yeah I think it's it's I th- I, yeah, it's just like anything. Like, it's different trends that you can kind of see, mm-hmm. and things come and go. And I think, yeah, we're definitely influenced. Like, this seems like a global design aesthetic, whereas mm-hmm. it's kind of like, um, I guess it's the globalization through the internet. It's the same way that you can get McDonald's or whatever. Every, yeah. You know, every high street's kind of the same. It's like design's kind of the same. You know, you could be in Istanbul, but you, you know, the design doesn't look any different if you're in Takanini. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, um, which. It's good. I suppose everyone's educated, which mm. is which is good. Mm. But maybe you you maybe lose some of that uniqueness, mm. some of that, especially um, you know, like the sort of sloppiness that you get from hand done design that you might have seen even like twenty years ago. Yeah. You know, you kind of some of that stuff's got like a little bit more soul, but. 
yeah. it's interesting because it seems like there's parallels with some of the kind of cut and paste um, design yeah. that we saw kind of in the 90s yeah, where, yeah, yeah. when you know, yeah. we first had those digital tools yeah like kind of like modern dog and all those kind yeah. of guys who did that kind of stuff that was still yeah it was digital but it was still uh, very uh, hands on and like mm. yeah yeah so but again saying that because of the way the world is and you can see there's like trends happening like in photography people are using a lot more film now mm. like um, film cameras are really expensive oh, yeah. again mm. and, and like I've, I don't know if you follow like Atelier Bingo and mm. places like that and they do all the screen printing so I think there's definitely like a trend back towards doing stuff mm. traditional way and it's just finding like a mix yeah. so I think that's kind of exciting yeah. like, I think that's cool it's just how you what you choose to do mm. but I think in the in the more kind of corporate money world of design it's just you know it's almost like you, you could just get anyone to do a certain aesthetic you know what I mean like mm. it, it doesn't necessarily take an, like an artistic point of view anymore to, yeah. to do that stuff yeah. Do you um, you spend time in kind of the you know design thinking process, the strategy for your clients, or is it more that kind of instinctual kind of uh, hands-on approach? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Like uh, I've had to do more of that the process stuff, um, working with different clients because that's what they expect. Mm. I don't naturally. I'm more visceral, so I normally I just do stuff in the gut, and and I realized early on that people don't. If you, if you present just a few ideas to people and the, uh, and you feel like they're amazing, but they, they haven't seen the process. I didn't understand, you know, I kind of skipped a few steps. I didn't understand that you need to step people through the rationale of why you came to the conclusion of why this design is the best one. And I used to just present the final thing. And then I, if they didn't like it, I'd be really offended. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> You're not like that. It's amazing. Yeah. But um, so I kind of realized, and actually what really, really taught me that was uh, not necessarily with school, but it was actually just reading this um, this, um, this book. It was about Saul Bass, mm. and it was he was kind of like the master of presenting work, mm. and it just described this whole process, and it was really clear and simple. But it, it made me realize, oh yeah, of course, because you know as soon as you present something into the world, it's new and it's fresh, mm. and people often react and can react negatively, and they need time to kind of be accustomed to it. So it's. Yeah, so there's like tools and things you need to do to kind of get your idea across the line and allow people to kind of go, oh, yeah, that is actually a good idea. Mm -hmm. And there is a reason why that T is a little bit over to the left or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked kind of a little bit about, you know, some trends and design at the moment. Yeah. Um, But, you know, what are some trends that you're seeing and what do you think they're saying about current culture and concerns? Um, I mean, I think the, the trend's kind of like what we talked about. I think it's that that universal design style like um it's less regional and it's more global mm-hmm. so i think it's like um you know there's a, there's a, there's been that quite minimal aesthetic for the last like 10 years mm-hmm. that really kind of coming out of that kind of swiss style but where everything's quite homogenous looking and i but i think i see that changing just through like looking at different studios doing more kind of creative stuff again um, but I'm probably not the authority on that yeah. again because I don't I don't delve too deeply into it. I I kind of just skim the surface of what's going on and mm. just try to do my own thing. So yeah. yeah. And do you think that uh, the Memphis style from the yeah. '80s is kind yeah. of that's definitely still come, res- in a resurgence? Yeah. yeah, that's definitely had a big yeah. comeback, especially in the last couple of years. And like um, brands like um, Esprit, who originally you know had Atray do their branding, they've with the, a couple of years ago they did uh, a small project with opening ceremony that LA brand and then I noticed actually um, as I was driving through Newmarket last night in the a spring window they've actually got the original 80s style at in the window so I think they're bringing that back into the branding 
so yeah, definitely. I mean, things come in um, you know circles, and I think it's a nice. I think the Memphis style is a nice contrast to that kind of brass. Uh, you know, talking mm-hmm. about interior, design, you know, yeah. uh, objects. You know, like that kind of brass mm-hmm. concrete look. It's like really garish colors, mm-hmm. odd shapes, things that don't really work that well, but look cool. And I think that people are kind of jumping on that just because yeah. it's kind of new. But again, I kind of feel like with any like resurgence, it's only going to be like. A flash in the pan because yeah. the way the world is these days is kind of we recycle pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What have you been doing this year? What's 2017 been about? Um, so 2017 has probably been about um, leaving full time work, um, starting at Pastel City again, moving into my new studio, um, and just kind of just quietly working away on a few projects for different people. Um, I've been quite lucky. Like I, I haven't really had to like search for work I just managed to have either clients or someone refer me to somebody so that's been really great and um having a baby is yeah <laughs> definitely 27. congratulations yeah thank you yeah. and um finally what words of wisdom would you like to share with <laughs> other designers and creatives out there um don't drink the kool-aid no um <laughs> words of wisdom I don't know I mean I think everyone's like approach and it's, it's different I, I i just think just sort of try to have fun and try to follow a path that suits who you are i think because there's so many different types of personalities involved in design um and i don't think anyone fits in one mold but just try to pursue a career that you know, find interesting and like maybe you know and i've known quite a few young designers who maybe get stuck in companies and get a little bit miserable just churning out like edms and stuff and maybe just forego um the comfortable, you know, regular salary and try to make a few risks and, but, you know, out of that you get a bit more, you know, creativity or excitement <laughs> with your design, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks very much for your time today, Stephen. Pleasure. It's yeah. been great to chat. Okay. Thanks for having me. For more information in relation to this interview, please go to the podcast links and resources on our website, designassembly.org.nz.